Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Drunk Gossip. I'm Ed, I'm coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. It is very steamy already, so I am being very wise in making sure that I am staying hydrated and I'm doing some Jack and Coke. Yes, I know, it's that's not really a morning drink, but... This isn't really morning weather. And we're going to start today on a little bit of a sad note. Um, Beloved TV's... Beloved 80's TV sitcom mother... Or mother type, I guess? Charlotte Ray has passed on. Um... I, there's just so many things that could be said about her. She was a wonderful, wonderful woman. Um, very generous. And uh, it, it wasn't a complete shock. Um, late last year, she had come forward with the news that she was battling cancer. I don't know... Um, no cause of death has been given at this point um so I you know we we can't say this is what did it but you know it's a pretty solid guess to think that there was an illness involved and she was I didn't realize she was 92. You know, it, it obviously makes sense because she was an older woman um, when she was on different... Um, well, she was on different shirts, but I meant the facts of life. Um, she was older then, which that was 30 years ago, so she was, in, she was already in her 60s. Um, Charlotte Ray, um, actually came up with the idea for Facts of Life. Her character, Mrs. Garrett, was actually, started on different strokes, as I just mentioned. And she was really popular, and so she went to, um, Stephen Schwartz and said, Hey, what if we try something? What if we did this? So he assembled his team of writers and got them going. They pitched it to the network, the network loved it, and the rest is TV history. And just a little side note, not to take away from the focus of Charlotte Ray, but um, this is very pertinent. Her idea is being rebooted with Leonardo DiCaprio and Jessica Biel as executive producers. And there were a lot of comments last night, and, and this is just, I, you know, I like dark comedy, so um, that really worked for me. But I, I understand why people thought it was in bad taste, but they were like, she died as soon as they announced the reboot of The Facts of Life. Think about that. Um, it's, you know, there, there's not much more I can say about Charlotte Ray. You know, she was a wonderful, very strong, very lovely woman. Um, so we're going to turn to what her co-stars are saying. Um, Todd Bridges, who started with her on The Facts of Life, 
said, different strokes would not have been the same without you. Hashtag Charlotte Ray. You were loved by everyone on our show, and you were loved by everyone on The Facts of Life. We'll miss you. My heart is full of pain. Rest in peace, my friend. And... Kim Fields um, tweeted, You already know my heart is heavy. Sorry, no words at the moment. Just love and tears and yeah, smiles. Hashtag Charlotte Ray. Hashtag RIP Charlotte Ray. And finally, Larry Wilmore, who guest starred on The Facts of Life, said, Sad to hear about Charlotte Ray. My first TV gig a millennium of moons ago was on The Facts of Life. She was just the best and nicest lady. I look like I'm 12 playing a cop. R.I.P. Miss Ray. And, I mean, you know, whenever someone dies, there's always an outpouring of love um, from friends and former co-stars, even if you know they hated one another. But all of these seem very genuine to me. Like, like they actually love this woman, and it's really sad. So I want to send out my love and condolences to... Everyone who was touched and loved, uh, and loved and loved by um, Charlotte Ray, and I will be right back. And I'm back. So, uh, in keeping with, well, I guess it's not in keeping with the theme. Um, we're going to talk some Rosie O'Donnell. This segment will get very political, maybe, um, because Rosie O'Donnell is a very political figure. Um, page six caught up with her as she was leaving. She just got in from Boston after filming Smilf. And she was getting ready to head out to Washington, D.C. and the Kremlin Annex. Basically what they do is they, they're around the White House. And they do things like play the drums... Um, this time they're going to be singing Broadway musicals in the hopes of keeping Trump awake at night. I don't know if that actually works. That's just what I learned from the interview. Um, and, I mean, it was a wide-ranging interview. And I'm not going to go over it all because, frankly, some of it is boring. I, I mean, I love Rosie and whatever, but... Some of it's really boring. But here's what she had to say about her running for office. She said, I really don't have the mental ability to. I I really don't. I suffer from depression and I take things very personally. At night, I, I'm, I'm still awake. I, or I still wake up because of those babies that are missing. Where are those girls? What happened? Were they sex trafficked? What happened to all those girls and those babies? Where are they? It's like a Hitler movie. They try to diminish and deride anyone they feel is vulnerable. He did that with me. He, being Trump. He felt like I was vulnerable because I'm a gay, overweight, loud New York woman who has absolutely no use for him or what he stands for and is not afraid to say it. Of course, that's referencing um, Rosie's infamous feud with Trump. Um, which some say led to a very contentious relationship with Barbara Walters. Um, I don't quite remember how it all started. It was her first go-around on The View. Um, I don't know... Well, I don't remember if he interviewed her or, or she interviewed him or what happened, but 
I do remember he called her a disgusting pig. Barbara Walters was caught in the middle because she was friends with him and obviously with Rosie because they worked together. And it was very, um, it was very uncomfortable. And that whole feud just kept exploding and Barbara kept asking Rosie to tamper it down and Rosie said no. And a lot of people think that the decision for her to leave had already been made because of that feud. Um, and the split screen just kind of made her, her exit faster. Um, but here's, um, she was also talking about Roseanne, and she said as soon as that, as soon as, as soon as that tweet went out, she called Roseanne and was like, hey, what the hell, man? And... Roseanne was like, no, 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 I didn't mean it as a racist thing. I mean it as, you know, the Iran deal, Iran arms deal, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And Rosie's like, you gotta take that down. Now, I don't know how in the world Rosie O'Donnell has become the voice of reason for for these women. It, it's really, really shocking to me. Like, it's not just one... What are two women? It's like almost everyone in Hollywood goes to Rosie for advice. Um, in, in case you don't know, Kathy Griffin also said, um, when those when the pictures of her with, um, the Trump mask covered in ketchup, went viral, Rosie called her and was like, "Dude, no, apologize." And apparently, she did the same thing with Roseanne. Um, it, when she was asked if she thought that if ABC Disney was right to cancel the show, here's what she said. I think the amount of damage that was done by that tweet, whether it was inadvertent or not, it's pretty huge. I have been in Boston. People have mistaken me for her. It's been really intense. I've had black and brown people come over to me and say, you're not so funny now. You actually going to say it in front of me, Roseanne? And I'm like, actually, I'm Rosie O'Donnell. I'm the one who loves Tom Cruise and hates Donald Trump. They think I'm her. The people who have come up have been very disturbed and and insulted by that one thing. And she also said, Roseanne and I have vastly different political views. Although many years ago we did not. We were very aligned. It's it's really one of those things where... um, You know... I don't want Rosie to run for office, first of all, because I don't think celebrities, um, like, if she wanted to run for a smaller office, like, mayor or, um, city council or even senator, state senator, I'd be okay with that. But running for a bigger office, I just don't think is, is okay. But what is okay is I'm gonna go and I'll be right back. And I'm back. So, okay. Just a couple truths about this next segment. I actually debated if I wanted to do um, Patrick Stewart or Lance Bass. And when I say do, I don't mean sex. Because there's no contest. I would do Lance every single day of the week. (sighs) If only he weren't married. Mm. I mean... mm. I just, oh, Lance Bass. I, I just can't. Um, but 
knowing that Mandy is listening and that I have a lot of Trekkies that are listening, I know the right thing to do is to talk about Patrick Stewart for you all. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, in case you missed the big news this weekend, Patrick Stewart is returning to the role of John Luke Picard in a new Star Trek um, TV series for CBS All Access. Now, there's not a lot of details um, coming out. Um, I forgot his name, Alex, Alex something or another, who was the showrunner for Star Trek Discovery, just inked an overall deal with CBS Studios. And one of the provisions in his contract was he had to expand the Star Trek um, TV universe. And right away, people started speculating that he was going to um, lure Patrick Stewart back into the role of John Luke because apparently he's his favorite. Um, There's really no word yet on what the TV show is going to entail. But... A lot of my sources are speculating that it's going to be a throwback to the original, um, not the original, to the next generation. It's going to be very episodic. Um, there, There is talk again, there's, this is not confirmation, this is just gossip at this point. Um, but the the rumor is... John Luke is going to be a general, not a captain. Um, there, there is also talk that he might be higher up on the on the chain. Um, but general, general is what I've been hearing. Um, I'm also hearing that he's only signed a one-year deal. Um, Again, uh, specifics of actors' contracts are usually not made public. So, I'm considering that part speculation at this point. Um, until someone says for sure, hey, you know, he's only, he only has a one-year deal, blah, 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 this is, this is what's up. We have to take everything with a grain of salt. Um... I'm, what I'm also hearing is that he, um, what's his name, John Barrowman, who was the first person, I believe it was John Barrowman, who was the first person who had a contract with um, multiple shows. Basically, um, if, if you don't watch Arrow or any of the CW superhero shows, John Barrowman was recurring on... Um, Supergirl, Arrow, Flash, and whatever else. Um, I can't think of all the shows that are... They have, like, 20 of them now or something. Um, but he was recurring on... He, he would he would appear and had a recurring role on all of them, playing the same character. And I'm kind of hearing that's what um, Patrick Stewart may end up doing. Where he, you know, like he, he might have one main show... 
But instead of being in 13 episodes of that show, maybe he'll be in 10 and then show up on Discovery for three more. Um, I can't emphasize this enough that it's all gossip at this point. It's what's coming out of the con, uh, the convention, not the con. Um, I believe this happened at the Las Vegas um, Comic Con. So, we're going to keep you updated on the story as more details become available. Until then, I will be right back. And I'm back. So, I... Okay, last week, we... Um, we did our very first true crime story here on Drunk Gossip. Um, I'm very interested in doing true crime writing. Um, so I did four articles last week on it, and then one yesterday. And we're going to talk about the one I did yesterday. If you want to read it, um, go to criminal.media and... Um, you can either search by my name, or you can search by the article title, it's called Mob Gone Wild. So, everyone remembers Joe Francis. He is the dude who created Girls Gone Wild. Um, he got into a bunch of trouble... For filming underage girls and allegedly, um, well, not allegedly, because he pled guilty, uh, and prostituting them out, and I, I think what a lot of people forget is that he was actually robbed and extorted. Um, so the guy who robbed him, his name is, well, he's now going by Riley Perez. I don't know if he legally changed his name or what's up with that. Um, because he used to be known as Darnell Riley. So, essentially, Darnell Riley broke into Joe Francis's home, held him at gunpoint, and forced him to film a video. Now, I don't know if anyone's ever seen the video. Well, some people have seen it, obviously, but it's, like, nowhere to be found now. So, essentially... Um, from the descriptions I've seen of the video, it's very grainy. Um, it opens with Joe Francis laying on the bed shirtless, and it pans down. And as it pans down, you see a pink vibrator just laying in the... In, between his ass cheeks. And it's vibrating. There's nothing overly erotic about it. Camera pans back up. And he says, hi, I'm Joe Francis from Boys Gone Wild, and I like things up my ass. And, um, I didn't say this in the article because, you know, true crime, you try to stick to the facts of the case as you know them. Um, but that was slightly homophobic, actually, um. And you know when you're dealing with, with with people like this, it's it's not that far fetched that they wouldn't like gay people. So Riley allegedly, 
Oh, yeah, not allegedly. He pled guilty. Um, Marley extorted Francis and said that if he didn't pay him $500,000, he was going to upload the inter- um, upload the video onto the internet and watch it go viral. Um, so Joe Francis found out who this dude was because Paris Hilton um, said something to him at a party and, you know, he went to the cops, whatever. So now, why is all this coming up now? So, um, Riley, like I said earlier, Riley did plead guilty. He was sentenced to 12 years in jail, served his time. He got out, and he wrote a book. And um, basically, in the book, he's saying, I have no beef with Joe Francis. You know, I... I committed a crime against him, yada, yada, yada. But I only committed a crime against him because the mob made me mad. Or the mob asked me. He made the mob mad. The mob asked me to. And boom goes the dynamite. Like, I want to know what he did to piss off the mob. You know, I'm, and I'm not trying to imply that the mob is normally friendly or, you know, Whatever. But it's not like the mob targets everyday people for no reason. Like, there was a target on his back for some reason. What that reason is, we we don't know. But, the, you know, they, they had a reason to look at him and say, this dude needs to be taught a lesson. Um, also, I mentioned in the article that Joe Francis himself, and I mentioned earlier, um, was convicted of... Um, uh, child pornography, prostitution, um, failing to keep valid records, and he's also wanted for tax evasion. He lives in Mexico with his wife and twin daughters. So, at the very end of my article, asked the question, who do you root for when there are no likable characters? And I'm going to leave you to ponder that. I'll be right back. And I'm back. So, following almost two weeks worth of stories about her, Demi Lovato finally broke her silence. And and we're going to get to that in a second. Um, But, first, I just want to point out that it has been almost two weeks. Um, tomorrow will actually be two weeks since she was rushed to the hospital after overdosing. And that just needs to settle in for a second. Two weeks after overdosing and she's finally about to be released. Um, some people are saying it was because of a Narcan reaction. Um, other people are not being so generous. Um, and yes, that's the nicest way I can put that. Um, it's, it's one of those things that it's, you know, Um, I feel like there's more to the story. 
um, over the weekend there was a lot of talk about her being um, surrounded by enablers, which kind of makes sense. Um, there was also a lot of talk about her um, not listening to her team. Um, again, it, it makes a lot of sense. And some members of her team were like, hey, like she's an adult. She's going to do what she wants to do. Again, not arguing that. But at the same time, if you care about somebody, you let them know how you feel about their behavior. Um, and apparently she she's a major diva. Um, she would tell her mom at 16 years old, I pay the bills, this is my house. You will follow my rules. And while there's no real way to say that she's wrong, because she was the breadwinner, um, there needed to be a little bit more control asserted over her. Um, but finally, she she's broken her silence. Um, she broke it yesterday. Um, on Instagram. And she said, I have always been transparent about my journey with addiction. What I've learned is that the illness is not something that disappears or fades. With time, it is something I must continue to overcome and have not done yet. Uh, your positive thoughts and prayers have helped me navigate through that difficult or this difficult time. Without them, I wouldn't be here writing this letter to all of you. I now need time to heal and focus on my sobriety and road to recovery. The love all, the love you have all shown me will never be forgotten, and I look forward to the day when I can say I came out on the other side. You know, those are really good words. Very PR. Someone wrote that statement for her. And I know her fans are going to trash me and tell me I don't know what I'm talking about. I know a PR statement when I, I, when I read one. I, I do hope that she comes out of this. I do hope she goes to rehab and figures herself out. At the same time, I also know... I, I do believe she loves her fans. Um, yes, Crazy Days and Nights had this whole um, series of lines about how horribly she treated her fans. Um... But I've also seen her exude just genuine kindness towards her fans. So I, I, I'm thinking if if those lines were in fact about her, as everyone believes they were, um, there there definitely could have been um some narcotics at play, and that's the reason why she wasn't her normal, lovable self. Um, for, for the record, I'm not a huge fan of Demi Lovato's, but that doesn't mean I want to see her fail or die. You know, I'm not a fan of I'm not a huge fan of Taylor Swift's either. 
Hence, damn it, Taylor Swift. But I don't wish for her gay boyfriend to leave her for one of her other gay boyfriends. That's just mean. I'm gonna go. Um, have I don't know what the gossip is gonna look like this week, so I, I'm not even planning the gossip schedule. Um, but until next time, cheers. <laughs>